Nick, I think I've decided that we're going to have to bring back some sort of like welcome springboard little message at the start of the podcast. Why? Well, well it just it feels very like bare. It feels very like almost a bit, a bit, a bit nude, you know, starting the, starting the podcast going, hey, Nick, a bit of a cold opening. Kind of like, you know, we've been recently rewatching Friends. Yeah, you know, everybody just watch Friends. Mm-hmm. And there's always like the cold opening at the start. Um, and then they play the jingle and uh, little baby George, he loves the, the jingles. We often um, uh, listen to it twice. No one told you life was going to be this way. Right? You know, the clap? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he loves that. Cool. Anyway, so it's all about a cold opening. So that's essentially what we're doing here. It's just a straight up cold opening and then you get the giggles mm. and then, you know, you're off into the, the, the jingle. But we're going to have to like, mm. I reckon we're going to have to bring back the jingle. But some sort of like thing at the start. What do you reckon? Well... There's two schools of thought because one is okay and this, the other one is who fast-forwards the intro to some podcast. I know I do. Mm, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe not the jingle. Maybe just like a hello and welcome back to the Rise Method podcast. I'm Coach Steve and today I'm joined with Coach Nick. Nick, how you doing? And then Good thanks. Fun. Good thanks, yeah. <laughs> and then like is that is that cool? Is that fresh? Is that is that in, the, cool. in the vibe or is it to be like more spontaneous and be like, hey, Nick. I've got a I've got a joke for you. Okay. Okay. What do you call? Have you got the joke? I do have a yeah. joke. I do have a joke. What do you call an alligator in a vest? What do you call it? An investigator. Oh, cute. That's uh, really cute. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's just it's just a, a neutral one. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's nice. <clears throat> anyway, Nick, tell me, how are you this week? I'm really good, thanks. Um, everything is good. I have. Nothing exciting to say except, um, what do I have? What do I have? Let me think. Squats are low, standards are high. Love that. Love that for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that was going to be my next question. How's how's training coming along? Training's awesome. Everything is fantastic. I'm living my best training life. I love training. Um, yeah, everything is feeling good. I think I'm finally sort of getting towards a level where I, I might kind of know some stuff in the gym but not really that much like just occasional bits i know enough to know that i don't know anything which means i know some yeah yeah i hear you like i know a few gems but i'm not a jeweler yet yeah yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes so i just i feel comfortable the gym is my home i love it um mm-hmm. yeah so everything is good it's just day after day showing up doing what you need to do and, and reaping the rewards yeah no i love it for you i um mm-hmm. Recently rejigged my garage situation and played a bit of Tetris and made a bit more space. So the uh, garage now has some good feng shui, you know, good feng shui in wow. the garage, right? Uh, yeah. Which makes more space, which means more space for filming. So we're back on the Instagram stories filming. So I can, that, that, that's cool again. Um, but before it was just a little bit too crowded to get like a, a, a shot on my phone um mm-hmm. and you know that that affected my reflection because you know we we like to film ourselves watch back our videos reflect on it half the videos don't end up anywhere they just end up on, uh, on on our libraries taking up space on our phones but it's really great to reflect and watch those videos back so you know where you're improving and even now you know i've been training since i was an early teenager and it's not fair to say that i've had like you know 15 years of training experience probably a good like decade of solid training experience but even now i'm always looking back and you know self-assessing and, and reflecting on my technique. Um, and we do have some folks that join us with the RISE method and, and other people that we've coached in the past where 
they put their hand up and say, oh, you know, training's easy. That's all sorted. It's, it's like my nutrition I need help with. And that's cool. It's fair. Um, but, you know, we can always improve our training. Uh, we could always get better. There's always somewhere we can get better. And, you know, 10 years in, 20 years in or more, um, there's different levels you look at and there's always reflective ways that we can improve. So um, if you're unsure on where you can improve, um, you know, post about it. You know, let us know where we're happy to help. Uh, you could post um, on places like Instagram and tag us, places like on, on our Facebook social hub, um, tag us there, or even on the members area, a little bit of a, a few steps to post in the members area. You have to host the video somewhere else and put the link there because our platform doesn't allow for really big sized images or videos. Um, but you can definitely post it there and we can more than happily help you there. So it's always a reflective process and growth. Yeah, definitely. And even if you like to, even if you sort of say, oh, I'm not someone who likes to put things up or anything. Fact is, even if you enlisted the help of a coach that you paid a lot more than what you pay people in this challenge for, you would still be sending them videos of yourself. So this is kind of the way. Um, it really is good to get used to filming or having some way to assess your technique so then you know that you're not wasting your time. And I'm not trying to say that in a, in a mean way, but there are just some things that you can refine to really get the most bang from buck i suppose of going to the gym mm -hmm. yeah absolutely mm. absolutely and like at the end of the day we we hope that we can teach you how to self-reflect because once you learn how to you know look at your own technique and ex your execution of the exercise great <laughs> you are you have a skill that you can keep with you forever um without needing to rely on someone to get their opinion on how you move if you can get that reflective process going Amazing. Um, and, and, and it might be a bit of a, a step a step process. You know, how did you feel when you were controlling the load? You know, were you stable? Like, where was the points of contact? Like, where were your hands? Where were your feet? Where were you on the, the bench or the machine? Um, then you could look at the ease of movement. Was it balanced? Was it symmetrical? Was the load in, like, the center of gravity? Um, and then was there things that were just not quite right you know you might look at it like oh something just looks odd you know maybe you could increase the range of motion or maybe you're bouncing and uh, we spoke about bouncing a few weeks ago like as in when you lower yourself down into a deep squat you might bounce off your like calves or your knees or your ankles or something to kind of like springboard yourself up you might look at that and want to improve that over time so it's that reflective process right mm, yep and, and everyone has got something that's right and I think that feeds nicely into week four of the first ever RISE method challenge where we're all about evolving, right? We've gone through RISE, now it's about the E part to evolve and to progress. And sure, progression doesn't always happen in four weeks, um, but it's time to think about it and we can start to ask ourselves questions like, you know, where can I improve? We've sustained this, this strategy, like what can I do to take it to the next level? And sometimes it's that reflective process being like, okay, are squats right for me right now? Um, you know, I'm trying to build the biggest quads in the world. Uh, is it better if I move to like a leg press or a hack squat or a leg extension, or should I keep doing, you know, a barbell back squat? You can ask yourself those types of questions and that, that's okay. They're just, they're just questions, right? Um, you can start thinking about your plan and say, okay, what's working for me? What could I modify to make it easier? What could I change in my environment to make it easier? Um, you know, what things, are really challenging what am i not enjoying and is it better to sub those things out um or is it a case of what we don't like is good for us right you know something like a split squat 
or of any variety, some of us avoid that type of exercise. And maybe we do that because we don't like it, but you might benefit from doing those types of movements. So great time to think about those types of things now. Definitely. Yep. Agreed. Now, Nick, um, I want to speak a little bit and 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 take us back to you know the the vision of the Rise Method. Um, you know, where uh, about a third of the way through the first ever Rise Method challenge, um, and we're thinking and and reflecting and always improving. That's one of the values of the Rise Method is is all about consistent um, improvement, continual improvement, and that's what we're doing with the challenge, looking at ways that we can improve the Rise Method. Now, uh, you know, this iteration is uh, a, an evolution, as you would, of previous challenges that we've run, Nick, um, things like the Max Maxine challenge and the M challenge. And the RISE method is, is completely separate, but of course, we ran those programs, so there are some similar threads there. Now, yeah. uh, you know, the things like the M challenge, Max Maxine challenge was primarily a body transformation competition run by a uh, supplement company. Max is a Maxine, so amino active, um, which is primarily based in, in bodybuilding. So of course, the, the big point of the challenge was more of that bodybuilding element, that body transformation element. Um, and that was a really great goal for, for some individuals. Now, we know that fitness is a very broad thing with lots of different goals. And often, you know, if we're comparing individuals um, in a before and after photo, that doesn't summate all of the progress and all the wins that that person may have had around strength or fitness or, or confidence or resilience and um, all these beneficial things that come from training that we know um, because we're essentially judging individuals from a before and after photo. And of course, you can make comments about the process of judging somebody, you know, we're physically judging each other by our appearances. And you could maybe put two and two together and say that's a little bit not a, a healthy way to look at fitness of constantly judging each other by appearances, which is why we've made these changes to the rise method. And we're looking at celebrating rather than a competition, celebrating individuals who are doing a really great job. And that could be someone who's just simply kicking goals, maybe really supportive with each other on the, in the community, maybe, you know, making some really awesome food, doing meal prep, improving their health, improving their, their mindset, training in the gym, and that's our all-star competition. Uh, there are some folks that might not completely understand the all-star celebration yet, maybe thinking of it like um, a, a, a social media competition or a, a popularity competition or something that you need to be on social media all the time, um, which which simply isn't, isn't the case. And I'm, I'm still searching for how these folks out there may have come to that conclusion, um, but essentially, to be part of the all-star celebration if you'd like to be part of it and win a prize and, and get a booster pack and, and and be celebrated in that week we want to see what you're up to and to do that you need to tell us what you're up to and to do that you might need to post online about that um, or complete the weekly check-in um, which many of you are doing as well so if you want to be part of the all-star celebration that's awesome um if you need a competition to drive your fitness um, progress, that's that's completely fair. You know, some of us go through the motions and we need like a, some sort of competition to keep us on track. Um, I would invite you to reflect on why you need like an external validation thing like a competition um, to motivate you to go to the gym when uh, ideally it should be an internal driver as why you go to the gym, why you, you know, eat good food, why you look after your body composition. 
you're doing it for you. You're doing it for your health. You're doing it for your lifestyle. Um, and, you know, if you're really looking for a competition, I would invite you to look at, you know, some of these really popular competitions like Nick, you know, you're doing a, a bodybuilding competition, a physique competition. Um, you know, that's a, a, a great pathway to go down if you want to look for a competition. Other options it's okay. are, and it's okay. Um, <laughs> it's okay. But you know what? I've got to, as, there's a caveat here. You've got to be really, really, really solid with your, your, with the way that you feel about everything and, and what people throw at you because people are going to comment, they're going to say stuff. You, you've got to be really solid. The judges are going to judge you every inch of your body. Are you ready for that? Yeah. You know, I mean, this this community here and others that um, are very supportive is a beautiful place to land no matter what competition you're doing because you're never going to be 24-7 in competition mode. No. And Even a pro footballer, whoever, that people have a, a season where they, they take time, reflect, get better, and then they go out there again. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're speaking about, like, physique shows. Like, yeah, they can be very mm. uh, in the nicest way catty. You know, it's all about, uh, you know, comments on each other and judging each other's appearances, yeah. which might not be for everybody. And you need no. a very thick skin to be able to compete in a world you like do. that. You, you have to be really understanding that it's it's a created made up world that that isn't it doesn't define you either way and people will say stuff and people do say stuff continuously but mm -hmm. like the best thing to think is um nobody really cares you yeah. know the same yeah. as anything else you know you're doing it for you and yeah. um you're not doing it you're not doing it for the world you're not getting a gold medal in the olympics you know none of us are so mm -hmm. it's all you, you can't take yourself too seriously either. Yeah, no, I agree. That's my advice. That's my advices. If um, if bodybuilding isn't for you, there's other areas that you can dabble in. Like I competed yes. in powerlifting quite recently. Uh, even like strong men and women competitions are mm -hmm. very popular right now. Highland Games, you know, strength sports is what I'm implying. Um, Amazing. Yeah, super supportive community. Nick, you've done powerlifting in the past, and yeah. you know that is a very juxtaposing. Um, space to bodybuilding because everyone's very supportive and encouraging and you know like cheering you on as you go and lift uh, but you got to be prepared um to perform on the day which is quite different to what we're we're doing with things like the max max e&m challenge where we're actually going through a process of unfitting ourselves right because you know nick in all reality as you get closer to competition you may not be the most peak performance right um if we got you no, to you, lift you're not no yeah. as you diet down further and you get more fatigued and you're really pushing mm. the limits you're not the most optimal performance person out there you're not going to go and win a gold medal at the olympics um whereas when you are competing competing in a strength sport you need to align all the ducks so that you perform at your peak very challenging to do so that's a great competition to keep you on track and there are folks out there who've completed previous versions of the challenge who've gone on to strength sports and kicking goals um and you know that could be a path you take as well yeah 100 percent. yep and um there's also all the different goals that if you've never never done a, a large walk before you know really there's heaps of really long walks that are so much fun to do with with family and friends um that's a really mm -hmm. good goal as well then there's um different running there's so many different events and, yeah. and now that everything's back open again so many different things and um, just anything that, that makes you celebrate where you're at and, um, you know, get a little bit of a pep in your step and, and feel like it's all awesome, yep. go for it. Go for it. 
that was even my mm-hmm. third point is like fitness-based events, like endurance events. You know, you've got things like marathons, triathlons, long cycles, long swims, long walks, um, you name it. Or even like those um, uh, obstacle course races, you know, you, yeah. have you done things like Tough Mudder and stuff before? Like, I've never done that. I mean, like uh, the closest is that Ironman. Mm, that's pretty <laughs> that tough. Yeah. tough. But I haven't done any obstacle courses yeah. at all. Um, I did one. I, I don't... It was pretty wild, but. Yeah, I feel like I would easily catch fire. <laughs> if there was a fire, I would definitely catch fire. But yeah. look, maybe one day, you never know. Um, but, yeah, I can tell you now, like if, you, if anyone ever wants to dabble in a triathlon, the triathlon community is really lovely. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're all really down to earth. Uh, it's never about looking a certain way. It's just everybody just you get snot on you from swimming, <laughs> you know, it's, no one looks anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you can really just look and find your tribe and mm-hmm. you can tri- swap tribes. I've swapped tribes millions of times. I'm not yeah. loyal to any tribe. I just go where I, where the breeze is. That's I'm a right. freelance fitness person. <laughs> well, look, I think it ultimately comes back to the whole point of this conversation is like, well, what is, what is the rise method? Um, and, Essentially, what we want it to be is a continuous journey of moving towards your version of health. You know, everyone has their own definition of what's healthy to them and what is a healthy lifestyle. So that could be that you want to be healthy enough to run a marathon. It could be that you're healthy enough that you want to play with your kids. Maybe it's healthy enough that you make good choices so you can enjoy pizza on the weekend with your friends, but then still staying at um, a body composition that you're happy with. Maybe being healthy is you want to be the the most jacked bro or broette in the gym, or you want to be the strongest person on the platform in a powerlifting meet. Whatever your version of healthy, we want to help you there. We want to create the tools and the resources and provide the educations that you are armed to navigate the fitness space. Because when I look at the fitness area, there's lots of confusion. There's lots of um, people feeling overwhelmed about nutrition and training and just simply overcomplicating it. Another one of our tenants, our values is simplifying it and we want to simplify the process of it. So join the rise method. It's all about getting you back on track with your fitness journey, keeping you accountable in your fitness journey and understanding that we all have different paths and different goals. And if you're still unsure about what, what goal, where to take it, that's the first step. R is to reevaluate R-I-S-E, reevaluate where you are. You can check out the reevaluation um, workbook so you can go through what what's your values, what's important to you, what you want to do, what you want to achieve. And then we have the tools and resources to get you there. So that's what the RISE method is. It's not a body uh, you know, transformation competition. It's not judging each other between before and after photos. It's not about who can uh, diet the hardest or, or, or train the hardest. It's about giving it a good go. It's about going out there and moving the needle forward in your fitness journey and then we're all here to celebrate each other that's essentially what we are yeah longevity is also really good Hmm. so nick uh i want to highlight some of our all-stars for this week um Mm -hmm. a little bit of a reason why they might be the all-stars for the week and you know we can start to piece together what we're looking for with our all-stars okay so Mm -hmm. um in no particular order we have ian lursa and Ian Lursar, over the past couple of weeks, posting lots of training videos of himself. And the three main things that we're looking for with the All-Stars is folks who are you know, positive in our community, folks who are improving their health. Um, and that could be by uh, improving their, 
well-being, improving their maybe body weight, maybe improving their approach to nutrition, uh, or improving their health in a way that they're educating themselves, right? So Ian's posting lots of uh, training videos, which is the third part, is about getting strong and Ian getting strong, <laughs> well well stronger than the, the two of us, Nick, right now, um, lifting and pushing a lot of loads and always looking at ways to improve himself. So Ian, congratulations, all staff of the week. I'm going to send you out a booster back. It's going to be awesome. Go in and invite us to your gym, please. That's right. Uh, we have Vanessa Lonsdale. She has been super active in our membership area, um, posting lots of um, times in the, the social hub, really supportive, asking lots of questions and, and commenting on lots of individuals um, and then going through completing all of our courses and racking up lots of points on our leaderboard. Again, that leaderboard in the membership area is a bit meaningless. I might remove that feature soon, uh, but collecting lots of points because she's doing lots of things on her membership area. So Vanessa kicking goals, really improving herself. That's what we love to see. So congratulations. Mm. Awesome. Next, we have Rebecca June, um, also goes by Rebecca May. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's for her. Uh, she's on Instagram. So she's posting lots of videos of her training on Instagram. So she's kicking goals, getting strong, um, posting lots of videos about going to the gym, training, getting ready for the gym. And we love that. So congratulations to Rebecca. Next, we have Rochelle Endicott, and again, she's been really active on um, the forum, the Facebook group, um, the membership area, and the social hub, um, asking lots of questions, engaging lots of posts, and just being really supportive. So we'd love to see that. Really good. And then finally, we have Leah Narone, and again, she's been kicking lots of goals, doing lots of the weekly check-ins, um, then also collecting lots of points, doing lots of the coursework, um, and educating herself and knowing her story. She's got two young kids, twins, I believe. Um, so probably the next level up for my two boys. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I start to wonder, I'm like, would it be easier with twins? Cause they're both the same age rather than slightly different age. Anyway, that's taking away from, from Leah. So Leah's kicking goals, showing us how it's done. Um, and we want to celebrate her. So there are all stars. So if you want to be an all-star next week, just post about it this week. You know, we, we, Forget about the past. Doesn't matter what happened in week one or week two or week three. It's all about this week now. And that's why we have weekly celebrations, not a celebration at the end about, oh, geez, you might have messed up at week eight. Ah, it's all over. No, no, no. You can come back, right? If you're sitting here thinking, ah, oh, geez, I, I, I throw in the towel, but I don't know where to start again. Start from this week. Show us what you're up to. You might take us, take home a, a little booster hat pack from us. Yes. And if you don't want to, that's also okay. Just take what, from it what you will. Um, just anything. You know, anything that you can learn, just take it. It's mm -hmm. okay. Yep. So, Nick, uh, I'd like to wrap up this podcast by talking about a few common challenges that mm -hmm. RISE members were having in their weekly check-ins. So I read all the week weekly check-ins, um, and this week I sent an email out to everybody who did a, a weekly check-in. Um, so I read them. I can give you some some feedback, some advice, even just a little little boost of motivation. So if you haven't already, go complete the weekly check-in. You might get a little email from 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 Coach Steve. So uh, a few common challenges that we are all facing. Um, firstly, lots of us um, struggling in in social settings and succumbing to temptations. So foods, um, some particulars out there, candies. Um, we have hot chips, <laughs> um, and of course chocolate. Okay. Uh, so there's some common, um, trends for this week and gosh, hot chips, uh, that, that's, uh, that's a, that's a tempting one for me. I can definitely have a lot of hot chips. Um, but 
Nick, you know, if someone out there is is thinking about food more than normal, right, and maybe they're exposed to food, um, you know, at, at work, at home, wherever they're, they're going, what could someone do to, you know, like fight the temptation um, and, and, you know, potentially uh, avoid some of these these foods that might derail their their dieting goals. Well, you've got a few choices, but the first simplest one would be to pre-plan your meals. So, um, to meal prep um, and plan in advance what you're going to eat for the day, because you're more likely to stick to that if you've got a plan rather than going, oh, I'll just see what happens. And um, also, another one is if you can avoid putting yourself into these situations when you are super hungry. So I would be having some sort of a pre-planned snack or meal before you get into these situations because then you are less likely to overindulge because like if you're you know reaching for the candies and the chocolates, that's a high energy source sort of a food. It could also be something that's just a habit, but in general, um, you know, it's something that that'll that you eat also when you you're bloody starving as well like sometimes if you just haven't eaten for the day and yeah if it's a habit um you can also there are sort of substitutes that you can make up for yourself so we did speak about that protein yogurt situation so there are other sort of things that you can make that might be sort of more conducive to your goals that you can take with you that will make you not feel like you're quote unquote missing out so um there are a few little plans, uh, things that I would do. Um, you know, the other thing is if you're going to someone's house, I've always said take your food and offer it as a share thing. So, you know, some fruit, um, a salad, a big salad, um, you know, some chicken pieces, things like that. People always appreciate that. And then people won't say, well, why are you eating different? You know, make a whole lot of it for everyone else. If you can't afford that, then take your meal and own it. People are just going to, if you think, if you're worried about what people think, they're just going to really ask you questions. So if you want to be in the fitness space, get ready for that. You know, if you go out when you're in the fitness space, people say, well, why are you eating that? Yeah. Yeah, that definitely happens. I think um, the big one is what you said first, which is to like just plan, prepare. Um, You know, it's what's that saying? You either plan to succeed or plan to fail. Now, uh, if you want to make significant changes to your uh, approach to nutrition, uh, we're going to need to put some effort into it. Mm. And it's essentially, you know, we need, we need to put pressure and, 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 and push and, and put energy towards making the change. And once we've made that change in our environment, in our lifestyle, then it's easy, right? Look, like Nick, you and I, over the past decade and more, we've like put the energy to making those changes to you know our food choices so that now you know 80 90 close to 100% of our food is good food choices that's nutritious that is as um providing our body with the the energy it, it needs so that we can perform and do what we do whereas if we might be just starting the process it can be it can be challenging and i i i empathize with that it can be super challenging super hard when we might have habits and routines um uh, particular comfort foods lots of uh, emotions um around foods and maybe feelings of being overwhelmed which we'll talk about in, in in a moment um but if you want to make a significant change you need to spend time now to put energy towards succeeding that and that is things like meal prep that is things like 
purposely buying certain foods and not buying certain foods in your house. That might be having those tough conversations with friends and, and, and family and coworkers about what you're trying to achieve and to uh, maybe make those changes at your work functions um, or at social events. Um, and even speaking to your family, like if you are the main, uh, let's say, cook in, in the family um, and, you know, your kids or your partner uh, wants to eat a certain way and you want to eat something different, you may need to have that conversation and look for ways that you can have a nourishing meal that everyone would enjoy. And I've spoken to folks in the past where they would say, oh, I, I, I want to follow this diet, but, um, you know, my kids need to have something different. The question, of course, is like, well, do they need to have something different? And I empathize again because I'm trying to give food to my toddler and, you know, he doesn't eat half the food that we, we give him. I get that. I get that. Um, but, you know, things that are common, like Western foods, I'm talking about, you know, spaghetti bolognese or like burgers, you can definitely make positive changes to those foods to make them more nourishing and, and better for you. Um, than just, just letting it go all out. And I'm sure kids would have things like burgers and spaghetti bolognese. They're probably having that already, but just portioned out slightly differently. So you can still enjoy those foods, portioned out slightly differently, but making better choices. Let's say spaghetti bolognese, buy a, a leaner cut of beef. So instead of buying the you know 10% fat, buy the you know eight, eight or five or four, I don't know the percentages of, of, of Mince meat to put into your spaghetti bolognese. Add some vegetables in there, like some grated carrots or some lentils, um, or maybe some whole grain pasta. So you're making a better quality food uh, that you can enjoy and nourish, and you're nourishing your family. So there are some ways that you can change your environment to make it easier for you. Definitely, another another trick to do with that is um, all of the elements of the meal. Just pick the ones that that you want to use and the ones that you think that your family wants to use within that meal and then um you can still use the actual meal idea as a base and then just tweak little ingredients for yourself or um you know for for whoever else is having the food so say if i'm making a lean mince sauce um i might stop it at some point take some out for me um while it's cooking that'll be mine um, and then add all the extra goodies for everybody else. The extra goodies might be like, you know, when you get down to the really nitty gritty of comp prep, it might be that I don't have the whole tomato bits, the passata and all, because I will just have the mints, but I'll brown the mints, take a little bit out, be a bit of a, a wizard in that way, you know, mm -hmm. so you're still using exactly the same stuff. You just take a little bit out and then keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a way to tweak it. And then I might add green beans to it or or whatever it is that I want to have. I have weird foods, my family says. <laughs> um, but they're, they're used to it. You yeah. know? And, and look, after all these years, I must say, I think Shane's come around to eating healthier because of me. It's mm -hmm. taken a long time. But yeah. if there's no other option for him, what's it going <laughs> to do? Oh, Thank you when he's 80. Yeah, yeah, oh, Shane. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe another example based off yours is, let's say you wanted to follow like a plant-based diet for whatever reason, mm -hmm. um, but maybe your family or your partner or your friend or wherever you are um, isn't. You know, mm. if you think about that kind of like Lego type idea where you might have the base meal, let's say mm. you have like, I don't know, um, a, a bed of 
salad or some vegetables or some rice or some noodles or whatever. And if you wanted to go plant-based, you might have like a, a, a lentil sauce on the top of that or some sort of plant-based topping on top of that. And then someone else might have, um, you know, let's say some grilled chicken or something like that on top of it. So, you know, you have the same foundation and base, but you just made some exactly. slight tweaks. Um, and it's almost like Lego. You just kind of like build your meal slightly differently. So you yeah. could have essentially 90% of the same meal portion, of mm -hmm. course, differently, because that's essentially what we're doing here is portion sizing, portion control. And, um, just making those slight, slight changes with your foods. Yeah. That's right. I'd lay go that up, like maybe as, you know, a sweet potato and, and some other sort of maybe beetroot and some sort of spinachy thing salad. And then I'd have um like a, a chicken thing for someone and then a, a tofu thing for someone else, mm -hmm. that sort of a way, yeah. you know, portioned as you said, but think of it. Yeah. The Lego thing, the Lego factor. Lego factor. Well, don't eat Lego though. It won't work out too well. Yeah. <laughs> Don't need Lego. No. Well, look, the final thing I, I need to say about, you know, maybe resisting temptations is that you can only resist temptations for so long um, and under certain uh, situations. Because when you're tired, stressed, fatigued, you've had a long day at work, uh, you're more likely to make uh, food choices that you necessarily don't want to make and i'm not using the words that they're bad food choices or negative food choices they're just food choices that you might not want to make um and there might be a time and place to try to remove those temptations out of your environment um or like we spoke about maybe last week look for ways to potentially include those temptations into your your plan your strategy so instead of thinking about eating the entire block of chocolate you might say okay i'm going to have one block of chocolate you know once a week um so that you know, I'm allowing myself to have those things, but I'm not allowing myself to eat the entire block of chocolate. So there might be strategic ways to try to include it in your lifestyle without it being a really stressful thing. Now, mm. Nick, uh, you know, still talking about nutrition and dieting, it kind of leads us into the next uh, most common challenge that RISE members were experiencing. Uh, and that is this kind of concept of um, like being busy around food and sitting down trying to find time to like sit down and, and eat uh, many individuals on the on the road a lot and um, going out to uh, trying to have their 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 lunch while they're driving and, and these types of situations um, mm. and I want to speak a little bit about the concept of mindful eating okay and the reason why is that if we're constantly eating when we're on the on the go um we kind of have this little bit of a disconnect with food and i think when we move into the fitness space a lot of folks will be like oh you know you got to look at food as just just fuel it's just it's just fuel to yourself um which you know in a sense i think is 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 true but we can't forget that food has like a cultural element to it it's, it's so embedded into what it's like to be human is to, you know, have a meal and enjoy a meal with, with people and enjoy the experience with food. And that experience with food does lead to positive effects with um, our relationships with food, our satiety level with food, how satisfied we are when we're eating the food, and then later um, our experience with hunger of, of after we've had that food. So I do want to bring up the concept of mindful eating, um, especially folks at uh, spending a lot of time, you know, just eating out of containers while they're on the go, doing lots of things. Um, so they can maybe spend some time to reconnect with their food. Okay. Um, Nick, when you 
have dinner at your house. Mm. What's it like? Is is it, do you sit down at a table? Do you set the table, or is everyone kind of on their own? Like, what's dinner like in the Cipollini household? Cipollini Smiths. Smiths. Um, Smiths household. Uh, it depends on it depends on the night of the week because mm-hmm. um, Shane has karate two nights a week, mm-hmm. and um, the girls have various sports and things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically. Uh, our Sunday night dinner is the one where we will all sit down together and make sure that we're all hanging out. Mm-hmm. But um, other nights it might be that that uh, the girls and I might eat separately to Shane or I might eat separately to the girls. And, um, yeah, it's just we have a communal area and everything is put there and then mm-hmm. people come and sit down and eat it. But they have to sit down and eat their dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And also the other thing that I like to do is catch the girls when they get home from school because they're super hungry then. So they're less likely to snack on a whole bunch of crap and then get mm. too full for dinner. Yep. So I figured out this trick that if I have stuff ready for them at about 4.30, it works quite well. <laughs> but, you know, I just because I was sick of them just filling up on shit. But, yep. yes, so um, the idea is, you know, within our kitchen, that's where we eat the main meals and it's yeah. a good idea and we, we we highly suggest and recommend to everybody in the family that you sit down and eat and communicate and be, no devices and that sort of a thing as well yeah. and i yeah. don't even i don't like tv on or anything while i'm eating yeah yeah no 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 i i hear you i definitely have been a culprit of um eating in front of the tv where we might have like use the example spag bowl have spag bowl and great like uh, Laura and I would sit down on the couch and just, you know, just eat and we're watching something on Netflix and, you know, yeah, yeah just chatting away and just you know, eating our food. Um, but then you have to, like a real disconnect with how much you're actually eating. You don't really pay attention to how much you're consuming. And then that's when I, I would tend to be like, oh, I, I want a second serving. Mm. Whereas in contrast, if I had the same meal like I did uh, before this podcast um, and would sit down at the table, and have that meal. Um, we're sitting with the boys. They're like making a mess, and we're eating and, and happy days. Uh, you know, I would stop at just one bowl because I'm like, oh, great. I I'm haven't just been focusing on something else by what's what I'm watching on TV. I'm focusing on my food. I'm focusing on the cultural element of that. Um, and then long term, what has happened is, if I was consistently always eating my food in front of the TV, I would consistently always be searching for maybe the a second serving or a bigger bowl or just eating all of it um, rather than only eating till I'm full or satisfied. It's a very different experience. And that's just simply making that behavioral change from um, being distracted while I'm eating to, you know, being connected with my food again. So I think these step changes are really significant because you could, you could sit there and argue about, oh, calories this and, you know, meal timing this and all these really nitty gritty for making a change in your physique, in your performance, in your, your, your nutritional approach. But when we can make these like step changes in our lifestyle, it's almost easy where you go, okay, well, yeah, I just, what if you just stopped eating? What if you, you, you ate exactly what you're eating right now? The only difference you made was you sat down at your dinner table or kitchen bench and ate your food there with no devices, no TV, would that lead to significant, you know, weight loss or significant performance improvements or significant health improvements or better mood or better energy or better sleep just by making that one change? And I think that's where folks would make that argument, oh, calories don't matter. It's like, well, yeah, because if you make these environmental changes, you consume fewer calories or you make better choices with food because you're just in a different environment. 
Um, and I think it's really powerful. So if you are constantly eating on the road or eating in front of the TV um, and you're not connected with your food, um, you may be kind of digging yourself a bit of a hole in your approaches to nutrition. Definitely, definitely. And the, the, like the one that you can easily extrapolate from that, what you can easily is, is definitely you, t- you can tend to overeat. You know, there's there's other arguments that we can make. We can say, oh, digestion and the, therefore the way that certain, you know, foods are going to be metabolized within your system. But that's all, that all gets complex. But yeah, definitely you tend to overeat because you you don't even notice what you're doing. You're like, oh, you almost eat in time with the program. It's like 45 mm-hmm. minutes. Okay, I'm going to eat my first meal. Then then the next series, okay, next, you know, yeah. um, show two or whatever, I'm going to eat dessert now and yeah. then I'll have a cup of tea. And it's like you go in rhythm with the TV. So mm-hmm. Um, it's a very natural thing to do. We sync up with whatever's in our environment. So um, that's one time when we don't have it stack. We just keep it simple. I've got a visitor in here. (laughs) Cat just burst in. Um, Can you show me her? Little Kiwi. She's running. That's fine. Um, Now, yeah, I think when you talk about habit stack, what tends to happen is you have it stack in maybe a um, not – planned way because when you sit in front of a tv you may instinctually instinctively want food yeah because Mm. if you are eating when you're watching tv you know that's just like your brain makes that association tv food together or if you're eating when you're on your phone you go okay phone food together your brain goes ha or or in your car so then what happens is when you're brain gets the cue and this kind of goes into habits and how they're created um you know you get a cue and you do the behavior you get the reward so you're developing this cue you know tv phone car wherever you are your brain goes ding food's coming of course the hunger starts because okay you've got the the hunger going as i've got got any food so that's when you might start you know okay well i'm not having dinner right now i'm gonna need a snack and that's when you might lead into foods that you're um maybe comfort foods, foods that your kryptonite, where you go, well, I want a bag of chips. I want the, I want the hot chips. I want the chocolate. I want the candy right now because my brain's going bing, cue time and your whole body's going ready for food. Then you're, 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 you've created an environment that uh, isn't supportive of your goals. Um, yeah, not to mention also, like, let's not go too deeply into this, but the product placement within series that you might be watching can be anything from, a, a soft drink all the way through to a specific food that they're eating and you go oh yeah we've got that all right i'm gonna just eat that too mm-hmm. you yep. know so that also happens it's none of that's you know by accident so mm-hmm. um just remove that influence yes you know when you're trying to get everything together or anytime i think if you can yeah so some of the tenets for mindful eating one try not to be distracted um as in like devices screens um or just being busy not a good idea for mindful eating um next really think about making a pretty plate so while you plate your food you know think like you're in a restaurant and make it pretty i know not many of us are master chefs i'm not a master chef um but you know take a moment to make your food look nice you know you'll have a better relationship with that food try to dabble with uh, herbs and spices so that you can smell and get into that um you know aroma you know the 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 ambiance kind of going with your food having that experience with the food again and then when you are eating 
Um, a practice that I do is I try to create the perfect bite. So my first bite, I kind of like sculpt it a little bit and make it the best type of bite. And then that takes a moment. I appreciate my food, it's my, my little ritual, and then oh, I eat my food. Uh, and then of course you're trying to you know, eat slowly, savor the taste, savor the flavors, maybe put your, put your utensils down and take the moment, ah, this is a really great meal. Enjoying maybe the environment that you're in, maybe you're with your partner, your kids, your family, your scenic, wherever you are, enjoying what you're doing and then reconnecting with that food again. Um, so that's a strategy to practice mindfully. Mm, good. Nick, the final, um, probably most common challenge that Rise Method members were facing this week was trying to find time to train with busy schedules. Mm-hmm. Now we're all human. And we can all empathize with this. And there's been times where I've been quite time poor and trying to find time to go and train has been really challenging. And that's okay, right? Because we, we, we all go through these, these steps. And I think that we need to find ways to make this training thing a part of our life, regardless if we're, you know, busy or, you know, really full schedules or not busy at all. And we have all the time in the world because some folks would uh, come to me and say, Steve, I, I, I want to get back into fitness or I want to start training, um, but you know, I'm just so busy right now. And what tends to happen is you know, if you're waiting until you're, you're not busy or waiting until you, you've got time, what happens when you get busy again? Does that mean that you're just going to push everything aside and like say, oh, well, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm busy again, so I, that's the first thing to go, training. I think if you want to make training a part of your, you know, everyday lifestyle, we need to find ways to make it part of our life when we're busy or when we've got all the time in the world, when we're, you know, on holiday or on break or not feeling well or, you know, super excited or, or you know, really tired or really stimulated, whatever it is, we need to find a way to, to make it part of, part of our lives. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what, what to do if you're really struggling to find time to go and train. Okay. So, you know, you're working full time, you're a busy parent, you're maybe studying, working multiple jobs. Um, you've got to care for somebody, whatever your situation is, let's say you're really time poor. What are we going to do? Okay. Nick, do you want to take a first stab at this? Well, I like the idea of actually writing a day down for yourself. So getting a piece of paper out doesn't have to be fancy and timetabling exactly what you do do and (coughs) therefore what might be able to fit in to what you've actually got. So when you write it down, sometimes then you see, you can see um, what hours you might have available and what time you might have available within your day. So if in your mind it might be that you're busy every waking second and on paper, you might actually then be able to see where there is some free time or where you can make some free time or where you can negotiate some free time with the people that you are around, be it your workplace, be it uh, your family, be it yourself, be it your pets, be it anybody that you're involved with. Um, you need to sort of work out from that timetable where it might be able to fit in for you in the day. So that's what I would do. Yeah, I totally agree. If you like book in a time for you to go and exercise, just like you'd book in a, a, a doctor's appointment or schedule in a, a meeting at work or whatever you're doing, like scheduling time to train, you might find that, okay, I'm prioritizing this. 
I'm making a bit of time to, to fit it in. And maybe the other things that I was going to do at that time, I could do at a different time when it's, it mm -hmm. might, might be better. And that could work for, for, for some folks out there. That's definitely a, an idea. Um, I would like to like explain the difference between maybe just like physical activity and like training. Because, you know, physical activity, we can find ways to be physically active and we can measure that maybe via our step counts. So you could have a very busy day and very physically active day where you do, you know, 20,000 steps because you've got all the chores to do, you've got all the things, you're running around, you've got all the steps. That's really awesome physical activity. And if you're like struggling to get physical activity, you might um, make um, changes in your lifestyle to be more physically active. So if you are sitting down at work, you might uh, stand up, do walking meetings, um, maybe walk to work or park further away from your, your workplace to, to walk there. Um, or if you're doing errands, you're walking a bit more, taking the stairs, that type of stuff. So you're getting physical activity. Awesome. Really great for our health. Really good for our, our, our body composition changes. Um, and really good for our, our mindset. Now, when I'm talking about exercise, um, and training, that is like a structured program, you know, where we're looking at ways to, um, build and improve and progress over time. It's structured exercise. So there is a little bit of a difference. So if you're being busy, you can often say, oh yeah, I do lots of steps, uh, I'm physically active. That's awesome. Um, but we're talking about doing exercise. So firstly, totally agree, book, book a, a session in um, if you can. Next, you can always scale that session down. So most of the programs, most training programs, you know, close to an hour, which can be hard because if you are going to a gym, you know, you've got kind of like the bit of fluff time to get yourself ready. You're driving to the gym. You've got to walk into the gym, set yourself up, set up the equipment, train, do your hour session, pack up whatever you're doing, maybe fluff around at the gym for a few moments and then drive home and then, you know, have a shower, whatever. Like it turns into a big, like, you know, hour and a half, two hour ordeal, which when you're looking at 24 hours in a day, okay, it's starting to take up some time. Okay, there are ways that you can shorten it. Yeah, so some exercise is better than no exercise. So if you're looking at your program, oh, an hour, I don't have time for that, two hours, I don't have time for that. Okay, what if you were to create something that was maybe 10 minutes or 20 minutes, half an hour, um, or think of it as like little bites of movement. So throughout the day, you do like some push-ups here, some squats there, some lunges there. So you're building up your program, but just throughout the day so you can fit it in. So there's ways that you can look at training rather than being a big boom of time and just shorten it down and make it fit within what you're trying to do. Hmm. Now, I actually had someone message me today, um, someone that I used to train, oh gosh, about a decade ago. Um, and they, you know, saw my story on Instagram, like, oh, Steve, you know, it's so inspirational seeing you train, you know, I know that you're, you're um, a busy dad. I just love seeing your posts. Awesome. Thanks. And, you know, I was reaching out to, to him. He's like, oh, I've really got to get my, he goes, I really got to get my ass into gear and get back into exercise. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, like, like awesome. And, and this fellow, he's a school teacher, super busy. Um, and he was one to, to he, his challenge was he needed to be perfect with everything. That was his challenge. Um, and he got some really great results because he was very meticulous with what he was doing, but it often led to, you know, some overcomplications, um, uh, reading into things a little bit too much um, and just turning into like a really big, big thing. Um, so I was talking to him a little bit about getting into training and that um, doing something is better than nothing, similar to the conversation we're having now. Um, and I brought up a, a, a study that I spoke about a few weeks ago on this podcast, where we're looking at uh, proximity to training to failure and how 
Of course, you know, training closer to failure leads to the best results, but we saw, you know, some pretty good um, results as in gains from training from about um, five reps away from failure. So training at like maybe a five out of 10 effort. So you're not even breaking a sweat really. And you're seeing some improvements and some gains. Um, and he was going on and being like, oh, that just goes against everything that I, that I know. I'm like, yeah, okay. That's, that's just challenging biases. And you know, that's, that's what science is. You know, we're just challenging our, our expectations, our beliefs. Right. Um, but the point is, is that if you are, uh, you know, really building it up in your head and you're like, oh, geez, I've got to spend a whole hour in the gym. I've got to really push myself to the limits. I'm going to be sweaty. It's going to be really hard. It's going to, you know, I'm going to be uh, basically crippled as I'm doing my leg day and I've got to crawl, crawl out of the gym. It doesn't need to be like that if you don't want it to be. Of course, training at a high intensity is going to lead to better results, but you can still get some really great results if you're training at, let's say, like a five out of 10 of effort. So um, that means effort as in intensity, also effort is in volume. So if you can't do a whole hour, half an hour, still get some really great results. If you can't train absolutely to failure, okay, maybe train, you know, at 50% of your effort, you get, you'll still get some progression and, and some results. And the example I gave to my buddy was that I said it as a joke. I'm like, it's like trying to save money. Of course, if you save money and you save lots of money, you would save lots of money. Right? But if you saved a few dollars, you're still saving money. And it's a similar idea in training where you can um, try to be on a strict budget and go really hard on yourself and try to save all the dollars, or you make some small changes here and there and you know, save, save a couple of dollars and eventually you'll, you'll buy that trip to Hawaii that you want. So uh, training, if you are super busy, uh, got lots going on in your, in your life, um, you can scale it to make it fit into what you have available to you is my whole point of that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. That all or nothing thinking can sometimes just hold you back. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I can't do everything how I used to, so I'm not going to do anything. Yep. yep. So who's that going to be, you know, of detriment to detrimental to who's that going to affect you? The final thing I want to say about um, if you are limited at the time and training is that you need to make sure that you're following a plan. Um, many folks in the RISE method are following the RISE method plans. Awesome. Um, some folks trying to build their own plans. That's awesome as well. I love that as well. Um, but if you're kind of walking to the gym and you don't really have a plan or a structure um, or like a, a ritual or routine or like a bit of a flow, um, you're certainly going to lose time in your session. So if you're going to a gym and you're like, oh, what am I going to work out today? Uh, my arms are a bit sore because I trained them yesterday. Oh, I might do some legs. Oh, I don't really want to do some legs. Oh, someone's a squat rack. Oh, maybe I'll go over here. Like you can see how that slowly eats up your time. Um, if you don't have a bit of a flow, like if your um, program that you might have written for yourself kind of goes like barbell, machine, dumbbells, machine, back to the barbells, and then back to the first machine area that you're at the very start, uh, like you might be just building up lots of time just logistically when it might be better if you kind of create a more of a flow maybe do all the dumbbell exercises together maybe all the machine exercises together and then the barbells at the other side of the gym do that kind of together so something to consider if you are making your own program um, just the logistics and how you can optimize your time in the gym so your session that might be an hour in length might really only be like you know 40 minutes in length um, with adequate rest time between sets because you just made it more logistically sound um, a similar conversation would be if you are super chatty, like maybe you are Nick, maybe I am when I'm in the gym, I want to talk to people. Um, but you might choose to kind of do the, the headphones on you're focused, you're in there to do, to achieve a goal. 
you go in there, people try to talk to you, sorry, I, I've got to train, do your thing, um, and then get out. And that could be a way that you optimize your time in the gym, get your program done in a time frame that, that, that fits your, your, your schedule. You have to do resting bitch face. <laughs> yeah, either resting bitch face or resting face with so much caffeine going through your veins that you are <laughs> ready to, to go to a rave or something like that. Yeah. You know the face, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Nick, look, let's wrap up there for this episode of the Rise Method podcast, episode number seven. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know and we'll catch you next week for episode number eight. See you guys. Thank you.